from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. And we're going to bring in my pal, John Carney, Breitbart News Editor, Economics and Finance, and co-author of the must-read Breitbart Business Digest. Uh, howdy, John. Thanks for coming on, as always. Good morning, Larry. So I want to... Uh, I want to talk about for a moment uh, Federal Reserve Board Governor uh, Chris Waller, Christian Waller, who I think is become has become the smartest guy in the room on that board. That may not be saying much, but it, he's a smart guy. He was uh, Jim Bullard's research director at the St. Louis Federal Reserve. Uh, and taught economics at Notre Dame, so it can't be all bad, right? And I just want to tell you a story. I'm very proud of Waller for being such a straight shooter and becoming such an intellectual force. Um, We had, we, the Trump administration toward the end had two openings on the Federal Reserve Board, and the president uh, asked me to find people and uh, put them up. And the two people were Chris Waller and Judy Shelton, that I identified, uh, and the president uh, signed off on it. I couldn't get Judy through the Senate, but I did get Chris Wallace through the Senate. But here's the funny part. Um, Jim Bullard, whom I know, uh, called me. Um, and he said, I hear you're looking. And I said, yeah. And I said, well, I've got this guy, Chris Wallace. You, you need to bring him in, interview him, and see if you like him, because I think you will. So that's how it started. It went from Bullard to me to Trump back to me to Waller. And he actually got in right near the end, as I recall. He was finally confirmed by the Senate. I couldn't get Judy Shelton through, uh, but nonetheless, I got Chris through. Now, that's it. That's incredible, Larry, because one of the greatest things about having Waller there is this is he has such a deep background yes. in the re- economic research of the Federal Reserve that you really can't afford not to listen to him. And I think that also probably will have a really good effect on the rest of the people on the FOMC because they know he knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. He will have a major uh, influence. And, you know, he's not a screamer. He's a quiet guy. He's a circumspect guy. He's a thoughtful guy. Now, he is basically steering markets to a rate hike uh, in May, a couple weeks, I guess another quarter point and want to know what you thought about that. Yeah, so I think he's actually made a couple very good points. One is that inflation came down. We, we had a pretty good month in the, in the March numbers, but it is, but, you know, one month doesn't equal a trend. That, and even the coming down of, in inflation really was just a, you know, a few items coming down, and the underlying trend still seems to be running pretty strong. And there's a risk that we don't keep going down, but settle in at a high level. Mm. The other thing I thought that was very important that he said just on Friday was that we, even though everybody said, okay, Silicon Valley Bank melted down, this is going to cause a, you know, credit to tighten a lot and there'll be less lending. And so therefore the Fed may not need to hike. He's pointed out that we don't see that yet, Mm. at least in the data that the Fed has so far. Uh, we will, and pretty much the data that the Fed will have at the next meeting in early May, we're, we're not, we haven't seen any of the tightening. There will be in May a, 
the senior loan officer survey, but that is, we don't know exactly when that comes out, but it's almost certainly coming out after the next Fed meeting. Mm. And so therefore, the Fed is looking at this, can't count on there being, uh, you know, a big break in bank lending if we're not seeing it anywhere else. And so that's what Waller was saying is, look, it's not in any of the data we're seeing so far, so we can't count on that to happen. So the May hike is on the way. Yeah. So at least one more, maybe two more. And and then speculate for me, John Carney, I mean, it, whatever, wherever it lands, uh, five, five and a quarter, whatever, um, they're going to keep it at a at that level for quite some time because inflation looks to be very sticky. I mean, you're kind of hovering around a 5% inflation rate. Uh, fortunately, that's not a 9% inflation rate. But if you look at all the measures, you know, headline, core, PCE, CPI, um, I mean, even the, the median CPI at the Cleveland Fed is higher. But the point is it's sticky. And now energy prices is going back up. I think that's right. I don't think the Fed can look at any of the numbers we've had this year um, and say, oh, well, we, we see that we are on a track back to 2%. We're not. We're on a track of, of yes, we came down a lot. We're not at 9%. But we are right now, it looks like we could be stuck at 5 mm. You know, Maybe if we got lucky, 4%. That's twice what the Fed is aiming for. And I think the Fed is – one of the things the Fed is desperately trying to convince the market is that they're serious about getting to 2%. A lot of people have begun to talk of, well, maybe, you know, maybe 3% is good enough. Mm. I think that is, uh, I think the Fed is very loath to change. This is the first time since central banks around the world settled on a 2% inflation rate as the correct rate. First time it's ever seriously been challenged. And if they give up on it after the very first bout of inflation and say, actually, you know what? It was really 3%. I think that creates a deep credibility problem for our Federal Reserve, for central banks around the world. I don't think the ECB wants to go to 3%. I think they want to stick to 2%. Mm. So it would create a clash between uh, central banks. And frankly, I, I, I think that they lose its ability. The next time 3% is challenged, right? The next time we get inflation, who's to say they don't go to 4 The market will start to build in mm. this idea that the Fed is not serious about the target. Who was, uh, John, was it Bernanke who negotiated the 2% or was it Greenspan? I can't recall. Well, so it, it didn't become formal until under Bernanke, but Greenspan probably had 2% as, you know, because remember, the Fed didn't used to tell us very much at all about what they were really doing. This idea of like, you know, oh, well, we definitely have a 2% target was actually pretty new at the time it came out. Mm. And then, uh, you know, and they, and now they've gotten even more explicit where, you know, under Powell, they came to, well, we're it's not just a 2% target, it's an average of 2% over time. Now they're probably abandoning that, you know, idea. Uh, but they are, but they used to, I mean, way back in the day, they didn't even tell us what rate they were targeting. I know. I like that. I, <laughs> I think if I, I'm not convinced that someday we may look at this period of having a very open monetary policy as a possible mistake. Because yeah. look, it, it didn't work when they for for you know close to a decade. They were or over a decade rather. They were 
below 2% all the time. So they couldn't hit the target and they were hitting on the downside. And now they can't hit the target and they're on the upside. So there's not a lot of evidence to me that, you know, the communication strategy of letting everybody know exactly what the target was, was the right way to go. I mean, Volcker used to go up to the hill and he wouldn't tell them anything, which I thought was great. He wouldn't tell them anything. I mean, (laughs) when I started, I worked at the New York Fed 1973, 1974, 1975. I worked in open market operations for a year. I worked in bank supervision for a year, blah, blah, blah. Paul Volcker was the president of the New York Fed then. Al Hayes, the first year that he retired, then Paul came in. It was before he became chairman. But Arthur Burns was the chairman. Uh, I mean, I think at one point they had money supply targets. Uh, but when Volcker took over, he didn't want to tell anybody anything. He just, remember, he he just puff on his cigars and give generalizations. And basically, he would say more about fiscal policy. He would tell them to cut the budget deficit. Well, he wouldn't Reagan tell them actually, The Reagan administration actually complained that the because Volcker wouldn't yes. explicitly say that what the monetary quantity policy was. Yes. And the, and, and the quantity would jump up and down. And Volcker would basically say, well, you're just going to have to deal with it. We're adopting the appropriate monetary strategy. <laughs> and that's really all they would say. Right? Uh, this is the I appropriate know. monetary policy. I, I was at OMB in those days. That's exactly right. And he, James Baker and some of the big shots uh, in the Oval Office <laughs> really did not like Volcker. All he did, gee whiz, heck, was bring inflation down from 15 to 2. That's all Volcker did without, without telling anybody how he intended to do it. The great part of the story is he did it. Uh, John, the last minute and a half or so, uh, you've been writing that the Federal Reserve Board staff is forecasting recession. That's right. And what happened was that the, we, we predicted this. We've talked about it on this radio show before that when the Fed came out with its projections about where they saw GDP going this year, it was 0.4%. It was down from 0.5%, which was a pretty low growth number for all year, fourth quarter to fourth quarter. And my point was, if you look at that number, you see there's got to be a recession built in there. You can't get to 4% from 2% without having a couple negative quarters. So how did, so what, what we learned this week was that when they released the Fed minutes, we saw that the Fed staff presented the, you know, their economic forecast. And what they told all the officials was, look, we used to think that there was a possible alternative version of the economy where we were going to have a recession. Now that's the baseline. So we think, you know, the Fed staff thinks recession second half of this year, uh, probably lasting into next year. Mm. That's the other interesting thing that I think people have not quite come to grips with which is that there's no quick bounce back. The economy doesn't get back to the even 1.8%, which is the Fed's weird long run, you, you and I agree, too, too low target for growth. Yep. Uh, they don't think we get back there until 2025. Mm. That's going to be trouble politically for the Biden administration, yeah. frankly. If we're growing at 1% in a election year, uh, that that won't feel very good to most Americans. You're right about the Biden problem, but I'll tell you, it's it's just not good for the country. The country is not. I was talking to Steve Forbes about this earlier, John. Uh, the country is not a happy place. A lot of that is because we don't have any real prosperity. Uh, you know, we're stuck now somewhere between inflation and recession or both. Um, it's just not in a good place. Uh, and there needs to, needs to be a change in Washington, but 
you know, most importantly, the country is not in a good place. That's what always uh, worries me. Anyway, uh, John Carney at Breitbart, i got to move on. Uh, thanks for your time on a Saturday. Folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to bring in pollster John McLaughlin, who's um, he's got some pretty good news for Donald Trump. Anyway, I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 